Hello and welcome, folks, to a very special edition of RSF Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and this is the podcast where we normally talk about what's been going on on the front page of our Street Fighter, but not today. No. In fact, we have a very special guest with us tonight. That's right. You might know her from Biggie Gaming. You might know her from the Fall Classic. You might know her from NEC or the co-founder of Combo Queens or just from her YouTube channel. It's Emily, a.k.a. Jamillion. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just a little bit tired. It's been a busy day of work. I swear my whole life is consumed by work nowadays, but yeah, I'm doing yeah. good. Thanks. How are you? Uh, a little pissed off just because of the weather. It fucking snowed here today. And yeah, the weather hasn't been perfect here either. I think we were talking about that earlier. It was like 80 degrees on Saturday, and then Sunday it was like 40. <laughs> I am man. Snow in April. That, the one thing that sucks about snow in April is that it guarantees that someone from my workplace is going to roll their eyes and then unironic <laughs> say, un- unironically say to me, global warming, am I right? And then I just I have to just like look down in my hands and say, I chose this, I chose this path <laughs> to work with all of you fuckheads, <laughs> I suppose. Oh, uh, well, so that's my what life. You, what do you do? Uh, construction industry, demolition, blowing things up. Uh, ah, so you're outside. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it's, okay. there's a lot, there's a lot of planning when you want to blow something up, but <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that into a microphone. <laughs> I'll be put on a list. Uh, <laughs> so, but before, <laughs> before I incriminate myself, let's talk about you and stuff that you got going on. The thing that interests that I think we want to talk about a little bit more, dig into just a, just a second before we really dig into the topics is combo. Sure. They have like an event coming up if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I do actually. So, um, For those of you that don't know what Combo Queens is, it is essentially an organization that I don't know if you guys heard of. Well, obviously, most people have heard of Carolyn uh, Mama Dow. She originally was the original founder of it. And the goal essentially was to help to host like meetups and events to help encourage other female players to get out, enjoy the games they love, to feel safe, and to kind of get to know other women gamers, and to try to help, um, what's the best way to put this, get rid of the stereotypes that surround the women in the gaming community as well. Um, so we've hosted several meetups already. We've hosted them at Evo last year, um, I think one of the Red Bull events there was an event held at it. I've done one at Summer Jam last year. It was the first one that I ran. Mm-hmm. I also ran one at NEC. And I ran one at Winter Brawl. Winter Brawl was my most successful one. And by the time I got to Winter Brawl, people started asking me, are you ever just going to host an event in general? Or is it strictly just going to be at other fighting game events? And it's been something I've been thinking about for a while that I really wanted to do. Mostly because we have so many talented gamers, um, women gamers, in different suburban areas. And so I wanted to start doing kind of different outreach events. So the first one I'm doing is called Combo Queen Spring Edition. It's this Saturday um, starting at 4 p.m. It's going to be live streamed on our Combo Queens Twitch. So you will get to watch all the great fighting game action Um, It's not a tournament. It's just kind of think of it as your ultimate gaming event. Um, So any 
uh, female that attends will get a Combo Queen stickers, a special Combo Queens Spring Edition wristbands. We have our own private space, five one-on-one gaming stations, three couch gaming stations, a station for PC gaming. We will have uh, PlayStation 4 systems with Tekken 7, Street Fighter 5, and Justice 2, Dragon Ball Fighters. Wii U or Super Smash Bros. Uh, we'll have a Nintendo Switch set up there with ARMS and Pokemon Tournament. There will be a GameCube. I'm not sure all the games for that yet. And N64 will have extra tables provided for those who might want to bring setups or relax, take a break to eat or drink because there will be... Food and drinks there. Um, the venue location is a BYOB. So if you are over 21 and willing to show ID, you can, you know, have a few drinks as well. There are several arcade machines there. And um, I'm also planning a Q&A that hasn't been announced yet, but it will be announced in the next, like, day or so. And... Basically, you will get to come out, get to know other women gamers in the scene, learn about the competitive fighting game community as well. Everyone who attends receives two raffle tickets. So some of the raffles we've already announced is we actually recently um, partnered with Quamba USA. So they are our official sponsor of the event this weekend. They sent us four different arcade sticks to raffle off. So we have two drone fight sticks. We're raffling off a crystal fight stick and an obsidian fight stick for the ps4 ps3 i also want to mention that from now until april 27th anybody can use the code combo queens se on capital letters to get 10 percent off of any purchase at quambausa.com also one lucky female will actually receive a free venue and free game entry at summer jam 12 as well um, so we have lots of different fun stuff happening that's happening this Saturday and I hope everybody tunes in. There's lots more to announce, but I don't want to make the whole <laughs> show about my event this weekend. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's, I, I didn't realize you had such a pitch. I yeah, knew, you, I just, I knew I just, you were going to pitch and I, and I, and I encouraged, right now. <laughs> I encouraged that, but it was like, wow. That's that's a hell of a pitch right there. Uh, and just to date things, that is uh, April 21st. Yes. Uh, 2018. Uh, so this this upcoming Saturday, offer codes and we'll share everything. Will be in the in the show description, the show notes. Uh, so scroll down to that, or in the YouTube description, or wherever the hell you're watching this or or listening <laughs> to it. Uh, we'll get that information out there to you, the listeners. Uh, that sounds cool. Uh, that sounds dope. Partnering up with Quamba too. Uh, yeah, they're they're really great, and that's why I really want to make sure that everybody knew about that ten percent going on because they're so, fantastic. Everybody should look into getting their arcade sticks. So partnering up with big names, yes, that kind of edges into our first topic: sales sure. of of technology within within the community within the FGC. Uh, but really, the discussion. Uh, that I want to have with you and you brought it up actually so I think you have a lot to say on this topic so I'm going to kind of let you riff on this uh, okay. it's a discussion on how the rapid rise and pressure for the FGC to be esports and how technology advancement has affected games like Street Fighter 5 you just want me to go right into it yeah, I, I feel like it, uh, I mean, we were talking a little, about, a little about this earlier before the show started and it was like 
I, f- I felt like you had some there was like a fire in you I, I heard it in in your voice you were <laughs> you were fired up you didn't ha- and you like didn't have an outlet and you were like I just gotta get this. It, it was pent up frustration and I don't blame you if you got something to talk about I, I want to hear it yeah all right so I guess there's two different ways you can approach this so there obviously in the last couple of years has been an increasing pressure for the FGC to be quote unquote esports as people are putting it. But also mm-hmm. we've seen a huge advancement in technology over the last 10 years. So since the nineties, obviously technology has advanced immensely. Um, but it's kind of, they kind of both go th- well, I can't speak. They kind of go both hand in hand. So there's a lot of people that are angry and they're claiming, oh, esports is ruining the FGC. And I mean, clearly it is. I mean, obviously the esports, I can't eat all these sports. It's killing the FGC. Right? It's, it's, right? Well, no. See, <laughs> I'm I, goading see, you I, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you actually believed that for a second. So no, I'm just I, fucking with you. Go ahead. <laughs> I personally disagree with that. I don't necessarily think esports is destroying it. Esports is a thing. It's not... I'm trying to think of the best way to you define say It's not necessarily e-sports. separate. It's somewhat tangential to what you've experienced as the FGC. Is that is that more the direction that you're thinking? Yeah. So let's go. Let's go back to the beginning here. Okay. Um, Wrap it up for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to the beginning. I'm gonna talk about technology first because esports pretty much has risen out of the you know technology pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I, I, I see what you and, and for for people who might not know, and there there is a history here. There's actually a deep history of like streaming and video production that goes along with the, the whole like rise of the FTC in a lot of ways. Exactly. So I'm going to throw it back to the nineties when I was a wee little kid. Um, and before social media existed, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to keep this story condensed, but it's important for what I'm going to talk about. So when I was 10 years old, mm-hmm. I really, really wanted a Game Boy Color. I saw a commercial on TV, and at this point I was playing video games on PC on like floppy disks, and I don't know if anybody remembers what a floppy disk or Microsoft DOS is, but... It's the same that's... icon. Uh-huh. A weird holdover from, <laughs> for whatever reason. Can yeah, I... so for whatever, for whatever reason, at eight years old, I thought I could beat Oregon Trail, but you know... That just, (laughs) that never happened. But, um, (laughs) so my parents had gotten me a Game Boy Color and some of the first games I got was, uh, Pokemon Red, Mm -hmm. although it was broken. So I ended up having to get Pokemon Blue. I remember when I got a Game Boy Color, I actually, I threw up in the Toys R Us when we got it. I was, oh, geez, I was staying, you were that horrified by it. I was, oh, no, I was staying home. I was staying home, actually sick, 
And my mom wanting to like go out and do stuff during the day took me to the Toys R Us and was like, okay, I guess, I guess we'll get the Game Boy. It just happened to coincide with like the Game Boy Color like being a new thing. Uh, and it's, I just remember like she like went to go do something and left me by the <laughs> register, and I was just alone next to this guy. I throw up right next to him, and he's like, clearly, oh, I I don't know what to do here because. <laughs> Uh, child well, me throwing up in a Toys R Us. So that's my memory of the Game Boy Color. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I I had Super Mario 6 gold coins in uh, that's the a good one. Gallery 2 game. Those are my first couple Game Boy games I had. And I remember that summer, um, I was in a summer camp. Now, there was no social media. So if you wanted to play somebody in a game, you had to either physically be sitting right there with them or like you wanted to fight somebody in a Pokemon battle, you had to have a game link. Got to get that link And you had to literally sit across from each other and plug this small little link into both of your Game Boy colors. So if you didn't know anybody, if you weren't friends with anybody that gamed, you were pretty much shit out of luck. You just gamed by yourself and that was it. And I was one of those people. So I was one of those people who was forced to game by myself or with my brother. My brother's eight years younger than me, but I kind of got him into gaming. Ironically, people never believe that, but he will tell you to this day that he wouldn't be playing video games if it wasn't for me because he tried to steal my Game Boy at two years old. He was like two and he's like give, he's trying to steal from me. I'm like, no, it's mine. But um, so yeah, that there's the summer only one camp. Game Boy. That's the other thing. Yeah, but go ahead. So I saw this group of boys, and they were in a round, like a circle together, all with their Game Boys out. And I felt alone. I felt like I couldn't get along with the girls because here I am playing a game, and they didn't seem like they wanted to. And so I went up to the guys. And I remember walking up to them and going, hey. And, you know, they looked at me like I was Medusa and I had a bunch of snakes coming out of my head. Um, but I was like, oh, I have a Game Boy 2. I was like, what are you guys playing? And they all kind of looked at me weird. And the one guy said, Pokemon. I'm like, oh, me too. I was like, where are you at? And I was like super excited to find other people. But I guess this kind of goes hand in hand with their other topic as well. They just kind of made me feel so awkward staring at me and just being silent that I just walked away and I just sat in a corner after that. So my point in telling that story is you literally had to be friends with people if you wanted to play games with them. There was no online. Um, and that's a prerequisite really, of, of knowing and having an inner circle of people. Exactly. That and you're going to link really, up with only link up with your friends, folks. You don't want to link up with a stranger. Because you well, link up and, with and someone, you share your Pokemon, <laughs> then they share your Pokemon, and it's, everyone has your Pokemon. And they steal all your Pokemon pretty much, yes. So, <laughs> flash forward when the internet started becoming a thing. Now, I was not aware of the fighting game community until 2012. I was very, very much a victim of stereotypes. Um, so, I gamed in secret. I saved up money, I bought systems, and nobody really knew I gamed in college, but I brought all my systems with me and I would game in secret. It's sad that I felt that I had to game in secret. Maybe that's why I'm so passionate about some of the topics I am now, but I I had to game in secret, at least at the time, that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. 
So when I found out about the fighting game community, I didn't believe it. In fact, I questioned it multiple times. I'm like, no way. And, you know, my boyfriend's like, yeah, he's just like, there's, there, they have tournaments. It's live streamed. I was like, live streamed. I'm like, how do you live stream a tournament? I was completely naive and dumb. You go to Justin um, TV and that's where it is. Yeah, pretty much. So once I found out about it, though, I... I was obsessed because I played fighting games in the arcade a lot when I was a kid, but I didn't know there was this whole world out there. I had knew that technology had advanced. I knew that social media was a big thing. I had all the social media platforms and I was really into the arts community growing up. So I kind of always had an interest in the media aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- once I got more involved in the FTC, I'm like, wow, they're like, everybody knows each other. They're all playing each other. They're all friends with each other. I'm like, this can exist. Like, I was fascinated by it because I didn't have a community like this when I was younger. So that shift is important to esports because as technology advanced, as we were able to live stream now Mm -hmm. video games, we can live stream tournaments that are happening. It's becoming a big thing. People are starting to put money into it despite the stereotypes that were around. Um, and the stereotypes I'm referring to are games are for kids. Um, what have I heard? Games are for kids. Gaming isn't a sport, even though nobody claimed it was a physical sport like we we're running around. But I hear that one a lot. Yeah, and to, um, to date everything yeah. here, I mean, this is like before 2009 even. Yeah, gaming is violence. I'm not a violent person and I've been gaming since I was five. So right. that's a whole other topic, but yeah, I'm not going to get games. into the, to the doom issue or the uh, fucking um, night trap debacle. No, there's, there's <laughs> no reason to go into that. So because that technology got so advanced here, now you have other companies that see how popular said game is mm-hmm. and when you look at call of duty and halo which are games that already were esports before the fgc became a topic and were already had you know prize pools of a million dollars it was insane mm-hmm. you then look at the fgc which is a small part of that so as more and more big companies kind of started seeing how much money was being poured into the gaming community. Some people started looking at the FGC. Oh, nobody's really nabbed them yet or pulled them into esports. Well, this is a really big thing. Let's get them. And suddenly you see all these big companies. They all they all want it. They all want a piece of the FGC. And I think a lot of people have seen that just in the rise of events. The when I first became a part of the community, there was no, there wasn't very many local events. Mm-hmm. There was maybe one in my area. In 2014, I no 2015, I hosted my first event in my area. There was maybe one or two other ones besides that. Now there's like six a week. It's yeah. and that was all between February 2015, when I ran the first event I did, and February 2016. So you're looking at an increase, a huge increase in gaming events in just a year. 
And that was just a year. Hmm. You're looking at now everybody trying to host a major, these people showing up that nobody knows anything about. And I think that that's making a lot of gamers very wary because who can you trust? How do you not know that they're not just in it for the money? And the sad part is some of them are. I'm not going to sit here and say that there aren't some companies and some people hosting these major events that are just in it for the money. And I'm not referring to any major geo that any of you would know. I'm referring to the ones that just pop up out of nowhere that you don't know. And also, I feel like it's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. <sighs> It's not. I, I, I but just want to say that because it's it's not entirely. They don't thing. understand the fighting yes. game community. They don't know the rules. They don't know what makes the fighting game community tick. They mm. don't know what makes them happy. What makes them angry. What their favorite games or characters are. Why they like a character. Why they don't. What's the standard for a tournament? Seventy yeah, twenty God, ten yeah. breakdown of the game entry fees. Yet when I went to run my first tournament. I argued with the venue who was trying to get me to take from the game entry fees. And I flat out said, no, I said, no, I'm not doing that. I was mm -hmm. like, if you keep insisting on me doing that, I said, I will not host my event here because that's not the standard practice. But there are people out there saying it's a standard practice and doing that and taking that from players, money from players. So I understand on a certain level why players are wary. Yeah, however, like if they want to charge a venue fee, that's on them. However, just because two or three out of the millions, okay, I don't want to say millions, but two or three out of yeah, all the that people big. that are hosting events <laughs> are not, they're frauds, does not mean that they all are. So you don't want players to lose out on opportunities that they wouldn't have before because they're too afraid of the changes that are happening. I kind of want to touch on something that you brought up, uh, and it's sure. that a lot of people who are putting a lot of money into the FGC, or at least try to be to be esports, they actually are coming from places where they don't know. And this is something that struck a chord with me: is they don't know much about the FGC at all, or how things are done. Uh, for example. Uh, and this is just a personal example uh, over time and even re recent years. So mm -hmm. big thing that just came up is Battlefy cross uh, E-League. That's a thing now. Uh, and okay. this is not the first time that E-League or that Battlefy has run a like a pretty like big stage tournament where they're giving out like a lot of money or mm -hmm. at least putting up a lot of money. But this time they're partnering up with E-League. So they've got a little bit more um more room to play here historically i have personally told them uh that the fgc and how fighting games are run is that we don't really work with a ladder system they kept trying right. to push a ladder and i'm like well that no one is fam is familiar with that the most competitive players in in our community don't aren't familiar with a ladder I mean, they might be uh, off chance that they played other games, but just that's not how the best players are determined in the FGC. And they were like, okay, but we have this set up for the other games and it works well with other games. So we're just going to, we're going to go ahead and, and do this. And I'm like, okay. And even when they ran that tournament, I was like, okay, these rules are kind of messed up because here you're trying to run an online tournament and they were trying to run it worldwide. 
and I was like, no, that's, you can't run an online tournament worldwide. That's just not, it's just not possible. You can't do that. Like for a number of reasons of, uh, it's going to be very hard to enforce rules in a worldwide online or just like the lag would make the the gameplay just impossible to it wouldn't be competitive at that point so i just had to explain to them like okay you have to like make it regional and they're like okay okay uh and even just now when they when they announced the e-league cross battle battlefly tournament they Mm -hmm. explicitly had training stage not being like you can't play on the training stage and i know why they did it it's because it's a cpt rule and they've been they just looked at that and said because that's what they did the first time they tried to run of oh that's a cpt rule so no training stage but then i was like yo you guys this rule is a problem you need to change it right now and granted they did change it thank goodness because otherwise i mean just with the state of street fighter 5 the way it is it's like you kind of need to play on training stage if if you want to guarantee the, the best online experience but like that's just another like it's just one hand, like offhand example of of companies who are coming into this even from other big major esports uh, and just not knowing like the I don't know like the vernacular of how things are are done. That, it's yeah. a hard concept to to really get across to like the layman because there are like these quote unquote rules that are played by within the FGC that are like. It's like, it's no, like it's, the, it's it, like the it, men. It, 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 is, I don't want to bring difficult. up gender. I don't want to bring up gender right now. But it's like the men's bathroom, right? Where, like, if there's three urinals, <laughs> and two men enter the bathroom at the same time, you pick the urinals that are furthest apart. You just do it. You don't stand yeah. right next to the guy. And if the, if someone does stand right next to you, they've broken a rule. And I know that they've broken a rule I because that makes I me very I uncomfortable. I know that experience as a female, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. No, and, and this is a topic that's very difficult. That's why I was having so much trouble in the beginning of this trying to get started because I was like, uh, how do I explain it? And that's all kind of why I was stalling doing my own video about it too because unfortunately some mm. of it I can talk about and some of it I, I can't given – the work that I do in the scene. Um, but some of this is just my own experience as well. I spent two years doing nothing but talking with people, learning about the fighting game community. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my first event I ever attended was summer jam seven, summer jam seven. We're about to be at summer jam 12. So that, tells you how many summer jams I've, I've been to. But when I went to that event, I, I was so fascinated by everything in person mm-hmm. that I just talked the ear off. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of combat network and shock who does a lot of streaming for us of, uh, the NRS games, but I pretty much talked his ear off. He's probably the only person that remembers me from that event it was before anybody knew me. And I, I asked him so many questions about, the community and how events were run and everything. I was just very much immersed in it, like immediately. And so I spent a lot of time studying it, watching people, doing my own written interviews, talking with people, getting to know the community before I even started running my own events because I wanted to make sure that anything I did 
to help the community would be just that, that it would be benefiting the community and helping it grow so that no one ever felt the way I did when I was younger, like I had to be in secret and couldn't, you know, do what I enjoyed. And so because of that, when I, when these companies approach me and they want me to be involved in something and we start discussing said opportunity, some of them will flat out tell me that they know what they're doing and that they understand everything. But then they will proceed to argue with me and tell me that I'm wrong about what the fighting game community wants. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've had this debate <laughs> and you that. try to be yep. and you try to be professional with them about it. I'm like, no, like that's not how the standard is. Like I'm helping to run these events. I'm telling like that's not how it works. Yep. And they won't believe you. But they'll keep on trying. Year after year, month after month, but yeah. they will refuse to work with you unless you conform to their standards. And you can't work with people like that because their standards is not these standards for the fighting aid community. And when it comes to change, it's important that change happen in order for the fighting aid community to get the opportunities that they want or they deserve. Players can't have it both ways. They can't say, oh, I want more opportunities. I want more chances for this. And then you get the opportunities. And then the players are like, screw esports. It's ruining the FTC. Well, we just gave you the opportunities that you're asking for. There's a very fine line between it. That's why it's important to know, yes, these issues do exist, but they do not define the FTC. Those people those frauds will never fully be 100% successful because they are not willing to actually learn and take the time to understand what makes the FGC the FGC and how you can give them opportunities but still maintain that still that aspects of the community itself. Um, yeah. I, I've so, like run into that in my own experience and I'm kind of with you. Like I don't want to name names and out people because like there is the possibility for change that they will actually listen to you. I'm, but yeah, the number I'm not going to like, do that. The number of times that people will ask for your input <laughs> and you provide it and they go, okay, but we're not going to do that. It's like staggering to me. And then and then it fails and then they're mad and (laughs) they're like, what did I do wrong? I'm like, well, I mean, with all due respect, I suggested you do this and you told me I was wrong. Like, you know, okay, standard (laughs) is 70, 20, 10. Well, we're not going to do 70, 20, 10 for the split. We're going to do it this way where a percentage goes to us and a percentage goes to them. I'm like, you're going to have problems with that. And then sure enough, they're like, no, 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 we'll be fine. They'll never know. No, they'll know because it's the standard. They're going to know. They're going to count that money and they're going to make sure they got exactly what they were supposed to get. And they do. Any major event. They realize how hungry people in the FGC are. (laughs) Well, it's not even about that. It's about getting what is promised to them. If you promise them a certain amount, if the standard is this, they're going to expect that standard. If you tell them that the standard for major events, you're not going to follow that. Sure, you're going to have players that don't, that are new, Mm -hmm. that'll think it's the standard, but then you're going to have the top players, the players that have those large followings that know that that's not standard, that know that you're taking advantage and taking money from them. And those are the ones that are going to speak out. And those are the ones that are going to put you very, very quickly out of business. Right. Um, There's a fine line between the business aspect 
and giving the community what they want and maintaining what makes the FGC the FGC, if that makes sense. Yeah. And when it comes to esports, there seems to be a lot of fear that it's going to take away from the essence of what the FGC is. Yeah, and, and in some ways it takes away from the... I don't want to get to use this verbiage, but I guess I suppose I will. It takes away from like the, the sanctity of the competition in a lot of ways. It's just, it's been this thing forever. Like I've, I've got VHS tapes to prove it. Uh, <laughs> like it, it's just, it's one of those things that it, it's been the, it's been this way forever. There are standards that you need to practice, and some people just, they come in with all this money, and they think that they're going to run things the way that they've run other events because they can, and it just it just doesn't work that way in the FGC. It just doesn't work that way. No, and not, not everybody's going to be happy at the end of the day. You're never going to have one person that's happy with the way that things are. Um, but I think one yeah, of the biggest yeah. issues with the FGC's transition into esports is the fact that it happened so quickly. There wasn't any there wasn't anything gradual. Mm -hmm. There wasn't an opportunity for the FGC to kind of get accustomed to that. And we're not even fully there yet. I mean, I I can very much argue yeah. that we're not fully esports yet oh, and other people not. and other people say no we are and i'm like no mm -hmm. we're kind of we're we rapidly mm -hmm. jumped into esports but i would argue that we're we're kind of in the middle we're not going backwards but we're not really moving forward either and this this goes into my next point on how this affects games like street fighter 5 um okay. and i'm going to be very I thought I was one. I thought I was the one with all the transitions, but look at you. <laughs> I thought that was my job to kind of manage conversation, but fuck, do my job for me. Sorry. Please, please go ahead. Sorry, I, I, I had to cut you talking. off. I, ha <laughs> I had to cut you off in that transition so that I could make my own transition. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, please continue. No, that's okay. Um, where was I? Um, Fighter Five. So. When trying to think of how to word this the best way. Okay. Tell me your thoughts on Street Fighter Five. Oi. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's not a good look when your first thought is oi. <laughs> my honest thoughts on Street Fighter Five. Um, I've had a very difficult time getting into the game. Sure. I loved the beta. I was all about the beta. I played the beta a lot, but when the game came out, it was the beta. This is my own personal opinion. Mm -hmm. This is my own opinion, not anybody else's opinion, but mine. It felt like it was still a beta for me. Um, and that's coming from somebody that competed in Ultra Street Fighter 4. I competed in a lot of tournaments, mm -hmm. and my main was T-Hawk. So already I was screwed because T-Hawk is not in Street Fighter 5. And my main and third strike was Oro, and Oro was not in Street Fighter 5. They gave little hints, but he was not. Um, so trying not to characters that are like similar to that even Zangief is not similar to T-Hawk at all I think no he's not even no, Zangief is not even close to T-Hawk they're both although, grapplers although but I, I actually would kind of say he's more similar now in that um, his ability to combo like 
in the neutral is just as limited as T-Hawks was back in the day. Uh, but that's a whole other story. T-Hawk had kind of better pokes. But uh, anyway, please continue. <laughs> um, so I've still to this day, I'm having a difficult time fully being able to immerse myself into the game the way I have with the other Street Fighter games. Mm-hmm. Um, however, recently I've been dabbling with Abigail, which I'm sure will make everybody listening to this podcast mad because there seems to be a lot of people angry at Abigail players. No, um, no, our, our listeners are, are very level-headed. It, are may, it might not seem that way uh, from being taken from our street fighters straight from, but no, the people who people are far more re- reasonable than than uh, I like to give them credit. Also, our street fighter is terrible. But what's up? What about it? I, I like. I like. I don't know. Sometimes I find myself very drawn to the big, beefy, like male characters that can beat the hell out of you. So I don't mm. know. I guess I don't know. Abigail's fun. I also like the obscure characters that most people don't want to play and don't find interesting. Although apparently more and more people want to play Abigail for some reason. Um, but still I can't fully get into it. So I can't 100% tell you why that is. Mm -hmm. Um, it could just be because of the fact that they were forced to rush the game. And that goes into, my topic of the rapid rise and pressure for the FGC to be esports, yeah, because I'm with I'm I'm definitely with you on this because I feel like as an esports game, Street Fighter Five falls so short in comparison to well, the other when the game major came esports out, games. When the game came out, most people can agree it was not fully complete compared to the other games. Especially, oh, yeah, no. especially Street Fighter Four, um, but it was, in my opinion, the most balanced Street Fighter game when it first came out. Um, didn't uh, have enough yeah, I combos. Exactly. I can argue that it didn't have enough combos and enough moves, yeah. but it was balanced, and it looked like they had spent a lot of effort making the game ready for competitive play um, which goes into tournaments but it also left out a lot there's more to a fighting game than just making sure that the game is balanced enough to start the Capcom Pro Tour and to start with tournaments and they had partnered that year and they had a very short window of time to release the game after partnering with PlayStation yeah Yes. And, you know, some of that driving force, now Capcom Cup had a half a million dollars. And some of that driving force was money and that partnership. They had to rush. They had to get the game out. Um, And because of that, I personally feel that's why it had so much of a struggle in the beginning. Um, Definitely. And what you saw in that was Tekken 7 was supposed to be released very shortly after Street Fighter V. But all of a sudden, very shortly after Street Fighter V was released, Tekken 7 was delayed. Oh, we're pushing it back. It's not going to be announced then. And then it got pushed back again. Mm-hmm. And then it kept getting pushed back and kept getting pushed back. And I I personally believe, this is my own opinion, that because of the, the launch that Street Fighter V had, that 
that played into why Tekken 7 was delayed so much before its release. Um, Interesting speculation. I haven't heard that one before. That's my own personal opinion. I can't speak because I don't actually know the truth, but I I feel like it factored in somehow to it. Um, That being said, when they first announced Street Fighter V, oh, there won't be any arcade editions. There won't be any of this. And that so that's not that's not entirely true. They said that they won't make you buy the game multiple times. That is true, and they did not make you buy it multiple times. But a lot of people took that as they weren't going to. Yeah, true. Essentially, release more versions of it. Um, I personally don't have any problem with it because I have a little bit more of an interest in Street Fighter Five since they released AE. Um, and I'm interested to see if they finally give me the characters that I that I want. But that <laughs> Craven the Thawk. Oh God, I just wish they would just give me T Hawk. And if you're not gonna give me T Hawk, at least give me Oro. Just give me somebody, please, that I want. But um, I'd even settle for Necro. But I don't think they would give us Necro. Mm, He's yeah, too obscure. Um, way too obscure. Um, but basically that rapid rise and that pressure for the FGC to become esports so quickly all these companies coming in and saying we'll give you $100,000 if you do this mm-hmm. we'll give you half a million dollars if you have the game up by this time and include it with this and then the companies are forced to try to scramble to put together something quick for the players to enjoy so i think something like that happened with street fighter 5 and i think it was a good example for not just capcom for, for all um gaming developers on what you learn like trial and error yeah, what you what learn not to do, do and not honestly. do yeah um, it's one of those things now they've I... worked very hard to fix it and I give them props for everything they've been doing to try to fix it and keep Street Fighter V afloat. And I 100% believe AE really saved the game a lot. Now, there are still people that don't like it. And that's their own prerogative. There are people that just don't like games in general. Um, but I do feel that the game is flowing a lot better now that their AE version was released. <sighs> I will I will somewhat agree with you in terms of what is available to casual players within yes. within a as as you said it launched with basically nothing. And it, when you brought this topic up this made me just think about other games in esports. Mm-hmm. Uh, even thinking about uh, you look at like Overwatch for example. Yes. Uh, and I think that that Overwatch is a good comparison to fighting games in terms of like other current esports games uh, specifically because they make people really care about their characters and that's what people really tend to uh, lean towards like you said it yourself you really love t-hawk you want the t-hawk in the game i do yes i understand <laughs> that i love zangief i have my zangief they hurt Zangief, and therefore, by extension, hurt me. Uh, <laughs> I, don't feel, I don't really feel that way, but I just... You miss the green hands? I, I actually don't. 
I actually don't oh. miss Korean Hand. I'm like one of the many Zangief players out there who's like Zangief in Street Fighter Five doesn't need Green Hand because he he's a different character. He's still Zangief, but he's not he's not Street Fighter Four Zangief. They're very explicitly different characters for well, a and number. That, and of that's reasons. one of the issues with Street Fighter Five as yeah. well. It not feeling like Street yeah. Fighter. I've seen that brought up a lot. Yeah, that's the whole other conversation. But anyway, back to the point <laughs> is that they make you care about the characters in Overwatch. Uh, but they don't give so much service to the characters in in Street Fighter V so much. Uh, the story's kind of nonsense, doesn't mean a whole lot. The the character stories that are like uh, that a baby can complete. I've I've watched babies complete the story mode of the character story mode that was released at at launch. Um, the that art isn't necessarily that good. Uh, there is an arcade mode now, but. That has like some some art attached to it that maybe some people could feel feel for. But if you look at how like Overwatch releases characters, there's like big build up. There's a whole like story explanation of what's of like why this character matters. And I think by extension, and we might this might lead into the Falk conversation because Falk was just announced, uh, and they gave her basically the same character treatment that they've given all other characters of here's like her intro here's like her throw her v skill her v reversal here's a combo here's her v trigger combos here's a critical art at the end same <laughs> treatment for like all the characters in all of street fighter 5 doesn't tell me anything about falk i don't know anything about her i don't necessarily care about her I, she's got a stick Right, so the the thing that you're bringing up is, I definitely understand, and that's basically, it's the storylines. I they, feel like in matter, Street Fighter Five weren't. Players. I don't uh, feel me, they, actually, I don't feel they focused on them 100 percent as yeah. much as they focused on them in the past. Let, let me bow this up because I kind of left a thread there, and it's it's important to do that for casual players. Uh, and give them something to bite onto. Like, you'll still have casual players playing Overwatch, but there's hardly any casual players playing Street Fighter. By, like, if you look at, like, percentage-wise of, like, how many are casual or trying to take it seriously, like, you're either in or you're out. There's not a whole lot of people who are just, like, by and by about Street Fighter Five, but there are a lot of people who are invested in Overwatch or, like, League of Legends. There's... There's like little things to buy that like are all cosmetic things, but even if you're not a pro, you still play it and you still buy that stuff. Street Fighter Five never really had that stuff, and certainly didn't have that stuff at launch. No, and that's something obviously that I would feel hurt the game mm-hmm. on certain levels as well. Um, character development is always important in. Whatever, you know, and video games are, in my opinion, a type of art. You're still telling a story at the end of the day. And character development is very important to that story or those characters. There's a lot that can be said about Ryu, about Ken, about Chun-Li, Kami. They've had so much character development. But when you bring in these new characters and you don't, give much of anything it's very hard to get a good feel for the character or enjoy it not saying that other people won't but 
you know, even T-Hawk has enough of a storyline. I know his birthday. That's sad that I, <laughs> I know his in, birthday. Is it in but February? They, Am I correct in thinking that it's in February? Um, oh my God. It just happened not that, that long ago. Um, hold on a minute. <laughs> let me, let me think. Fuck. I know he's like, I don't want I to derail in, this conversation. <laughs> no, I know he's in his fifties. I know that much. <laughs> I know it's so it's so sad. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh my god, when was it? Uh, no, no, no. It's not, and I think it's in the summer. Mm, okay. Well, I think it's. I think it's uh, actually. It's in July. Okay. July twenty first. Well, regardless, uh, he was born in the fifties. Characterization is part of it, and I feel like to fully. To go full esports, even with a game, it has to be new player friendly. It has to get some onboarding process for new players. I kind of come at it from like a utilitarian point of view, and I've talked about this on on this show and many other shows that I think the folly of Street Fighter V was positioning themselves as a new player friendly game and having nothing for new players to bite into and having a terrible tutorial. Oh, oh, yeah, Horrifying definitely. Tutorial. I, I will even... no, I will agree with you that they wanted to appeal to the new players to bring more players in, but they didn't appeal to the new players because they didn't have anything for those new players to latch on to. It's like giving Um, a motorcycle to a toddler without training wheels. Right. But you could, but you could argue that if they just had a couple more months, then that would have been different. Right. Or Uh were they forced and had no choice, but to launch the game the way when they did because of the Capcom pro tour. Yeah, maybe. That, that definitely stands to reason, at least and in my book. And that's essentially my point, that with the rapid rise in pressure to FTCB esports, you see a lot of these games now having to focus not just on... Before these fighting games, it wasn't... They weren't so much created just for tournament play. They were full. In fact, you had to beat the game to even unlock characters. There really wasn't... There might be some DLC, but you could unlock a lot of the characters just by playing the game. Now, you see a lot of games following suit with mm-hmm. DLC just now costing money, four ninety nine for one, or you can pay thirty bucks to get all four in this season's DLC pass, as opposed to the past where you had to actually play to unlock those those extra characters. Um, yeah, I remember like a couple of years ago, the conversation being the characters on the disc. Why can't I play the character? It's on the disc. Exactly, but oh, now you have a. Come? <laughs> yeah, but see that that also has a lot to do with that rapid rise and that pressure because these companies now can't just look at making the game as a whole; they have to look at so many different aspects. Okay, well, is it good enough for this tournament? Is it good enough for esports? Will this company still want to invest in it if it has this and it has that? But what about all the new players? What about the old school players and what they they want? There's so many different aspects that they have to now consider. And there's going to be some trial and error. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we saw when Street Fighter V first launched. Yeah, and I think that the shitty thing that that I've noticed is that the games that tend to be the most player friendly are the furthest away from from any kind of FGC esports. Like, Can you give an example? Like uh, Uniel, Unist, like that Unis, game. Yes, that under name just came out. Yes, 
The game just came out and has one of, if not the best tutorial in all of fighting games. It has like no, and no one's, no, there's no esports in it though. It's, and that's, that's fine. Like I'm totally okay with that. Uh, and I guess in a way I'm okay with other games being uh, present at like major tournaments where like you have like maybe Street Fighter Five or Dragon Ball Fighter Z bringing a lot of players and then they see uh, Unist and they go okay like I that looks like a video game I could play but they're already there they're already they already know what the fuck they're doing so it doesn't necessarily it's it's like so weird to me that the games that would bring in the most obscure fighting game players are the most friendly to new players whereas like even Dragon Ball Fighter Z it has like no tutorial for new players like at all it's pretty friendly to new players like how you control it is pretty easy but there's there's nothing to really tell you like there's no combos in that game even in like the combo trials that force you to call in an assist what's that about well see i guess like i guess i could argue okay that there's i could argue against you about the fact that there's no training or trials on dragon ball fighters because i played them um and i did them and there was a lot and they tell you how to do the moves you have you earn uh i guess money or zen? what are they, they i think zen zen i think or zen or something like that in response to completing it if you complete that tutorial correctly you get a certain amount which then you can put towards <clears throat> you know, getting stuff in the game. Um, so I actually think they did a fairly good job with that. I think, if anything, the part that really bothered me the, the most about that is you have to go online in order to play the game. And yeah, also true. you have yeah. to, like, join these special rooms to even do the trials yeah. and practice in. And it seemed a little confusing to, yeah, to me to navigate, going in yeah, to, to, navigate me, to, na the game. to navigate more than anything yeah. but I do feel that they did include a lot of good trials and teaching different combos and things like that that you can use in the game there's a lot of aspects to Dragon Ball Fighters that I haven't even discovered yet um, that I've been trying to but I've been jumping from fighting game to fighting game lately and now God of War is coming out which is totally other topic so yeah it's um, tough it's yeah. tough to to be a fan of any other game and then also fighting games because there's a lot of great fighting games out right now there's like tons of them well and you are gonna see more and more and a lot of new ones coming out because of the of rapid the rise in pressure yeah, for the yeah. FGC to be esports um putting and it. as the community continues to rise you're going to see more and more people wanting to create more games, more and more companies wanting to be a part of it and have their tournament be a part of mm -hmm. Evo. I know companies um, that I won't say that really were advocating and trying to get their game into Evo. And unfortunately, it's just money. Yeah. I mean, hmm. money factors very much into it. So you talk about Uniel. Oh, well, Uniel is not esports. Well, some of it goes into the game developers and support that the game is having. And unfortunately at the end of the day, it is a business too. And money talks mm -hmm. just going to be frank. And I'm just going to come out there and say it money talks and popularity, the numbers, these company want to see the numbers. 
how many players entered this tournament, how many people are watching this tournament. Was it just this game or this game? They're all wanting to look at the numbers and see if it's worthwhile for them to invest in. And if Uniest isn't getting the numbers, then you're going to have companies that aren't going to be as willing to invest. However, you do have players that are passionate, that speak up for their community, and they fight. And because they fight so much for the opportunities, I try to help those communities that come to me um, and say, hey, like Pokin, I've advocated for Pokin plenty of times in the past because the community has come to me, at least Mm -hmm. in the Northeast they have, and I've gone out of my way to try to help get them more opportunities and get them exposure. Windjammers recently, I did the same thing with them, um, with NEC and so on. They're getting a lot more traction now. Um, I'm doing the same thing with ARMS right now, trying to help them as well. So I like to try to help those small-based communities get more opportunities and help get more exposure and help the community grow. So, I mean, if any of those communities want to reach out to me and say, hey, I want this, then I'm more than willing to hear them out and advocate because passion goes a very, very long way, especially on social media. If you want yourself heard, Get out there and say something. You want your game to be a part of esports about about you know a tournament. You want it to have the same opportunities. You've got to speak up, but it's not just about speaking up. You have to show up. You mm-hmm. have to show up to the events as well. You can't not show up to the event and then you know that's the unfortunate part. You could do a poll online and have over a thousand people in the community vote and say yes. Mm-hmm. I want this game here. And then you have that game of that tournament and 20 show up. And then the yep. game gets cut. Oh, but we had a thousand people, but 20 people showed up. And nobody's going to invest in that. It's yep. it's a business at the end of the day. And if you want your game to have the opportunities, you need to meet halfway and do some of the work as well and show up. And as, as an organizer, it's a thankless job. But, okay, I need we need to move on to the next topic. Uh, oh, I could talk about anything for a while. No, yeah, no. I, I'm slowly realizing, uh, looking over at the clock, seeing what time we were, we're at. We've lost, like almost an hour we've been talking about. Oh, shit, sorry. I know. I, that's okay. I, I don't have, like, a general time stamp that I, I like to keep things to. Last week's was very short, but this week it's going to run long for the folks out there. Uh but I think we can move on to the next topic. I think that one wrapped it up with, with a bow. So support your locals, support the games that you like. Exactly. Try not to stomp on the throats of the games that you don't like because the numbers for the games you don't like aren't even there to... Negativity it, isn't a good look either. Companies no, don't want the no, negativity no, no, no. either. So you want the opportunities, don't be negative either because they, they'll see that and be like, well, I don't want to deal with that. No, let's be friends. Uh, okay, so the next topic... Uh, have you on this because I've seen you also be vocal about this? Uh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. That was a no, an exasperated no, sigh. No. Uh, so uh, if you haven't been, f- been following recently, uh, there was an interview uh, with Aries's Aries's Aries? I'm not sure how to say her how, name. How do you, no, it's it's no, it's it's the that's the team. So it's like how do you I've always I've always been bad about this doing possessive words that end with an S. It's just probably just Aries. Uh, regardless, Arisia uh, had an interview and she made some comments about sexism in esports. And one of the mainline things that 
uh, was the takeaway of that interview was ladies, you got to show up and you got to have that. You got to have that hunger. And she thought that women aren't in fighting games or competitive gaming in general because they don't have the hunger to show up. Uh, and I wanted to get you specifically on this show to hear your take on that. Um, because obviously her experience, valid experience. She's a hard worker. Uh, she is very good at her craft. She's a very good competitor. Like that is, I don't want to take anything away from what she said. What she said is completely valid. But also, uh, other people might not have that same opinion or that or that same experience. Things might be a little bit different. And and I think exactly that, yeah. so. I think it's great and I'm thrilled that she's had such a positive experience and that she's had the opportunities that she does. Um, I believe she's a France player, correct? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. So first things first, the culture is obviously different between France and the U S but also secondly, while some of these women gamers may not might not have experienced harassment or sexism in esports or the FGC. That does not mean that other women have not. And like I said, while I'm happy that some women are having such a positive experience and don't have a problem with it, we can't turn a blind eye and ignore those who are suffering because there's quite a bit that are uncomfortable or not sure because they're not good enough. They don't want to be, they feel they're not good enough. They don't want to be judged because they're female. And I was one of those people first tournament I went to, I didn't compete because I was so afraid that I was so that I wasn't good enough that I was going to be judged because of the female, because of everything I saw online. And that's how it is for a lot of these new players. They see all this hate online and they don't know what it's like in person. So they're just assuming that it's the same thing and it's not welcoming to the women in the scene. People say, oh, we'll just ignore what they're saying online. Just ignore them. It's just it's just trolls. They're just sitting behind a computer. But if you have never been to a tournament, if you like playing a fighting game and you want to get involved more and somebody tweets at you and calls you a whore and starts attacking you, you're not going to want to then come out to a tournament. That's going to turn you away from it. You're going to see all this hatred online towards women. And why would, why would you want to be a part of something that hates your gender? Or why would you want to be a part of something that's so negative? I mean, and that's where a lot of these girls are coming from. They don't want to be harassed. Just recently in the last couple of weeks, a woman in the FGC's Twitter was hacked. And all this stuff was was put up and she was attacked calling her pro ho. I go to events just for that. There was lots of vulgar language and it was horrifying. You had self defamatory comments. Is that pretty much? Yes. Um, then you have like, I go there just to suck, you know, and other things along that nature. And you have women in the FGC whose phones, and accounts are being hacked and their private photos are being put up on Reddit. Private photos, obviously, nudes, things like that. Um, Kappa, to be example, is where it was put. However, I do believe it was removed, but that's not the point. Yeah, that stuff is, is moderated out for that. You have, it, it is more moderated yeah. now, yes. And then you have 
Smash players who I've seen in the past, who a female in the Smash community, someone found all the pictures of her cleavage. He made a collage of it, blew up oh, cleav- all the pictures a of her collage. A cleavage. Put it in multiple different groups and online, calling her a whore, pretty much saying that women don't play video games. This is all they're good for, things like that. When stuff like that goes viral, and other women who are thinking about becoming a part of it see that they don't want to be a part of that. And I feel like that's what some people aren't understanding. And you have these news organizations that they'll get one girl like this player who will give an experience and say, well, I haven't personally experienced any sexism in the FGC. And they twist that around to this player says there is no problem with sexism in the FGC. And one female can just because her experience is positive does not mean that every other female's experience is positive. And we need to keep speaking out about this because the issue needs to be known because it needs to be accepted so that it can be fixed. And I'm aware that it's never going to be fully 100 percent, which is the unfortunate part. But I'm not going to shut up. Essentially, I'm going to keep speaking out about it and I'm going to keep trying to encourage (coughs) female players to come out. And I can give a good example. Summer Jam. Hmm. When I ran the first meetup I did, I met a woman there who was thinking about getting into video games, but she wasn't sure. She was mostly there for support of her player who her uh, boyfriend who happened to be a pro player. And I met her and I talked with her a little bit and I encouraged her to come to our Combo Queens meetup. You know, to get to know other girls. And she was hesitant, but she said, okay, I'll go. Well, after that, the next day I got a text message. And it was thanking me for inviting her and that she was now considering getting into the community and playing the games as well. That was a success for me. Because I helped somebody who wasn't quite sure because of what they've seen and was kind of uncomfortable getting involved help feel more comfortable with the community itself. I'm not sure if that's making sense. No, it's personal. Um, It's a small personal victory. Right. But this is happening more and more. Mm -hmm. More and more females are coming out to these events. You will see, you are seeing a rise in women coming out. But the harassment needs to stop. It just just does. It just does. And, And I... You know, I saw a comment with this girl's article, the one in France, and I saw somebody say, I'm going to take this and I'm going to remind it and throw it in every girl's face who tries to speak out and says there's sexism in the scene. That's not going to solve anything. That's just going to make it worse when you have women who, and the problem is you do have it at events too. It has happened to me at events. That's kind I'm of a gonna... yeah. That's kind of like a funny way <laughs> to solve the problem, even from a guy's perspective. See this? You're not trying hard enough. Here you go. We'll see, and that's the that's <laughs> see. Here's the thing. Which like in, of... in itself is harassment, like right? The thing that I is feel pretty much yeah no it is because you're diminishing diminishing what some of these girls are experiencing. For example, I went, I was competing in a tournament 
and I was playing Teok and obviously, you know, I was playing another guy because it is heavily male populated and I was beating them and a guy in the back of behind me was screaming and yelling Come on, man. Don't let this pussy-ass bitch girl beat the beat you. You really want to be beat by a scrubby girl? Like, that? that's difficult for me because I'm trying to focus on my match in a very loud room with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of other players while a guy is screaming in my ear, reminding me over and over again that not only am I female but I'm not potentially good enough to beat this guy because I'm a scrubby girl never mind the hours of practice and training I did that just doesn't matter I couldn't possibly be good because I'm a scrubby pussy ass girl and that's one of the few experiences I've had in person and the worst part is that threw me off that threw me off I I could I was trying so hard to focus on the game, but all I could focus on was this guy yelling derogatory shit in my ear about me being, you know, a female. And, and specifically that he and, that it had to be gendered because, I mean, exactly. a, and lo- I lost. a lot of people have experienced and I, people and yelling and saying that and this, this scrub, like, going to lose to this scrub, and you go, okay, like, that's fine. But then there's that added flair. Scrub. You know, you want to call me a scrub, fine. You know, whatever. Teach his own. I've played scrubs too, and sometimes I scrub it out if I'm in a mood. But, you know, I feel like everybody has scrubbed it out at some point in their competitive fighting game career. But that's besides the point. The point was remind, trying to remind me that I was a girl. And there was no way you could beat a girl because, you know, we're, we're five again. Five years old and... Oh no, girls got cooties, you know, whatever that fucking shit. And, but it, it threw me off and I lost. And after I lost, he just was laughing and said, girls can't fucking play video games, man. I don't know why they're fucking here. That uh, pissed yeah, me that's, off so much because I had never experienced it in person yet. And I had been in the scene for a couple of years that I had to go up to my, hotel room to chill out for minutes before I worked for Peggy gaming. Cause I was so mad right? because he was yelling that stuff. It completely threw me off. It made me lose at a time I was winning. So that's just an example of the times it does happen in person. And that's minimal compared to what I've heard with other girls who've literally been stalked at tournaments and had to file like, Oh yeah, there's a there's a long Police history reports. of that. Yeah. Now at the, the same FTC time, well. I don't want to discourage girls by saying that either. Right. You don't want to say it's dangerous because no, because because yeah. first of all, major tos won't put up with that. Correct. And I won't put up with that. So, if you have an incident at a tournament, please Especially come tell me. Any tournament where Biggie. combo queens in general are are representative. Oh yeah, definitely. Please let me know if I'm there. I will. I will put an end to that so quick. It's not even funny, um, because I just don't tolerate that. And believe me, Biggie won't tolerate that either. He will not tolerate that. So the point is, we can't ignore those that are suffering, that want to be a part of it, but feel like they're alone, 
and that they can't be a part of it because they're being harassed. You don't know what somebody's backstory is. You don't know about that ex- their experiences. And you can't just sit there. You know, I told you earlier that somebody the whole situation with Kayane recently and yeah, I had made a tweet I had made one, a, yeah. I made a tweet out of anger about the situation and it went viral and and it well I guess it went it went viral for me um and it had blown up so much that people started screenshotting it and you know for the most part I felt like people understood they got where I was coming from mm-hmm. however some didn't and they try to say, oh, well, men get this too. I'm like, well. Yeah, that's, that's the argument that, that, you, that you see they, a well, lot. Because yeah. It is. And I'm not denying because, that. Well, because I think even going from your own story, you can say, <laughs> and I'll, I'll wrap this around. Uh, but that that's the argument you see a lot of people make is that, oh, they were just. um they were just yelling at you during a match because that's what you do when you know your buddy's beaten up or getting beat up on but then there's that extra added element especially at the end of someone saying get the fuck out of here because you like when people insult me during a match uh like that's okay like at the end of it they don't say oh you need to leave i've never heard that before I've never felt that I don't belong in any situation because of my own gender. I don't know if that, and no one's ever said anything like, oh, you need to get out of here. Like there, like that in particular is like that little extra added bit is so shitty where like you can compare it of, oh yes, you're just being insulted and harassed during a match because that's, that's just how, how things are. Yeah, women like, gamers. Women gamers shouldn't be here. They suck. Why are they even here? You know. And I'm like, you know what? It's that extra Screw effort. You. Yeah, it's that Screw extra effort. That... And it's actually ironically, um, it's it's so funny because the only the part that made me feel better about the whole situation was that Justin Wong's next next match was after me. And he was watching my match, which is horrible because I messed up so much in that match when they started yelling stuff at Got me. Got a little stage fright. But right, yeah. Well, I didn't know he was there. Oh, okay. I didn't know he was there until I heard a voice yell, yay, T-Hawk, right after that guy yelled in my ear about, you know, pussy ass, you know, girl, don't let her beat you and shit like that. And I heard a guy yell, yay, T-Hawk, and supported me, which helped me refocus a little bit. Okay, there's somebody out there who gives a fuck, you know, that, you know, I'm trying here. And it wasn't until I turned around that I realized who it was. And I recognized the voice, but it wasn't, you know, I realized that, you know, I had the support and that there Uh. are people out there that will support you 100%. Um, But it's navigating and being able to let go of those types of people. And in that moment, I did feel like I wasn't welcome and I needed to step away to regroup myself. And I don't want any girl to have to feel that way either. Mm -hmm. The way I felt in that moment. And that was my point. Okay. I'm not sitting here saying, that guys don't get harassed at all. What I am saying or made fun of because it happens. What I'm saying is 
when I walk into a room and these players don't know me and I'm at a fighting game event, they instantly stare at me and I'm 100% judged instantly because I'm a female and they want to know if I'm good or not. The I'm held, women are held there. to a much higher standard. We're flat out told because of our gender that if we're not getting top eight, we're not worthy enough to compete or be in a tournament. That we're worthy to them of being harassed and sexually demeaned because that's all we're good for. And this goes back to, you know, history and society as well. It all it all plays a part into it, unfortunately, with women rights and things like that. But I'm very much somebody who believes in equality all around. Women just want to play. They want to be treated like everybody else. And people say, oh, well, then you should be able to handle it when somebody says this to you. I when I play with guys online. Like some of my friends. I curse and yell. I call them scrubs. I joke around. But it's obvious that we're like joking with each other. You know, I'm not approved when it comes to, you know, playing, you know, games like that and talking shit. But I'm not going to that person and saying, oh, you suck because you're a guy. Hmm. I'm not looking at them from a gender standpoint. I'm looking from them as a player, which is just what, you know, women players want. They want to be treated as such a player. We're not asking for special things. I get that, too. You don't get, you know, special things just because you're a female. Nobody's asking for that. They're just asking for you to have the same level of respect you would have for another player at a tournament without looking and acknowledging the fact that they're a female, if that makes sense at all. All right. So getting back to the the Kayane comment, because she's like clearly one of, uh, I still consider her one of the top players. Uh, And I'm looking forward to what she's got for Soul Calibur coming back. Oh, I am too. I want to play her. I have yeah, to hit her up and be very excited like, about it. Seeing seeing <laughs> her excitement for for the new Soul Calibur stuff has just put a smile on my face. Uh, but so what was the, what was that situation? Did, did we wrap had... a bow on that? I don't. I don't think we did. We lost the thread on that one. Kayane had made a tweet, several tweets. Mm-hmm talking about her there was a situation where a certain pro player had made a Facebook thread and said that this one female player like I'm not really naming names but this one female player was the first legit female Mm -hmm. fighting game player she was the first legit actual player Mm -hmm. this sparked a debate over which female player was the true best and real and kind of started pinning other females against other females now the females weren't doing this ironically the guy players were just arguing and fighting over which one and one of those players was Kayane. Mm-hmm. This sparked Kayane to make a series of tweets about women in the FGC <laughs> and about not I'm trying to I want to make sure that I get her point exactly across. So I am actually going to for the 
purpose of this bring it up right and i've actually heard because uh, this is something that i've i've thought about i've had conversations with uh, carolyn about this of competition between women only uh i guess while we're looking uh what's your what's your take on that yeah i guess that kind of goes hand in hand with uh some of what connie was talking about but i am not it's kind of a tangential subject but it is so i don't personally Mm -hmm. believe in female only tournaments I don't think segregation is a good idea in any fashion, especially when we're trying to be treated as equal. That being said, if somebody has a female only tournament, I would 100% support it because I want to support other (coughs) new and upcoming female players. But I don't think having female only tournaments will solve any problems. I actually think it'll make the situation worse because majority of the female players don't want to be separated. They want to be treated as equal, like they can compete with everybody else, and that's okay. So I don't personally agree with it, and I don't think that there should be. I think our focus should be on helping to bring more women in the scene and helping them feel comfortable and safe and giving them that safe outlet, you know, like Combo Queens, where they have a core group of other women that feel the same way as they do, and they kind of have that safe space they can go to to connect with other people like them in the community as well, um, to help them feel safe at tournaments, and to help them I'm not sure if that makes sense. Yeah, but, no, no, that makes sense. So I did pull this up, and this is basically what Kayani had said. Okay. Have to say something while I'm in U.S. There was a post on Facebook comparing female fighting game players level. Who's legit? Who's the best? Blah, blah, blah. That kind of debates is so useless. Where is the point in comparing women? We just want to be the best among any player. That's it. This was just after Cuddlecore won with the wonderful epic win at E-League with their team. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to say that you are not helping female players by comparing us or wondering who's legit. We just want to play competing with against anybody. So please don't limit us. I like to add that I have nothing against female only tournaments if they are participating to the mixed tournaments just like evo 2010 for the only reason that a lot of them are afraid to show up in a tourney because of the attitudes that some guys have minority a lot of girls don't show up because they first watch tournaments from streaming they see it going wild when a girl appears it's frightening some need to be reassured sometimes only female events can help them get into the scene to see that they are not alone and welcomed for sure at evo 2010 i've seen 64 female players competing in the female only tourney while i've never seen more than five after 10 years of competition they all stated it's a good idea to show they are welcomed it is important and they all participated in the mixed tournament after if you're a man you can't imagine how hard it can be to be a girl in the scene because we are a minority we just want to play and not be judged for that some are not ready for this we shouldn't have to be but because of some of the mentalities we have to be stronger mentally Hmm. now this obviously sparked a lot of debates 
including guys like one in particular who ended up getting attacked so much that he had to block make his account private which sparked my tweet was to tell Kayane that she needed to prove it then and get top eight in a major which obviously, if you know Kayane, yeah, she's won Evo before, and she's gotten top eight plenty of times. She's one of the best Soul Calibur players out there. She's got a gold stick. Don't worry. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but it went beyond that. So a lot of people didn't see what happened after that when Kayane was responding back to him. Mm-hmm. Now I just got irritated at the prove it top eight get a major comment, and I was at work, and I literally took five like I don't know, it was like five minutes, and I'm like. Prove it. Get top eight in a major. This was in response to a tweet that Kayane made about women in the FGC. Let me ask this. Do the hundreds of thousands of male players in the community have to get top eight to quote unquote prove their worth? No, I didn't think so. Neither should us women. Now, granted, I would have gladly said more about that, but Twitter will only let me say so much. So obviously, when I say prove their worth, I was not referring to, oh, they have to, you know, prove their good. So they have to get top eight to prove their good to get, you know, whatever, which is what a lot of people, some people were trying to claim. Oh, every guy has to, you know, prove their worth by getting top. I'm like, but you're missing my point. This guy went on, this guy went on to say in this conversation with her that, Women will only be respected as players if they get top eight in a major, which not everybody saw that. And that's what made me mad the most. And that's the point I'm trying to get at. You have players with the men, guy players with the mentality that unless women are getting top eight in a major, they're Mm -hmm. not legit. They're not worthy. When you have hundreds and thousands of guys that compete at tournaments that don't get top eight. And they're still worthy of being there. They still get a certain level of respect. And now she retweeted my tweet, which is probably partly why I had as many responses as I did. (laughs) But even she says, I don't see the point in telling us to prove it at a major. We don't need to rank to get respect. It should be a normal common thing. LOL. What about women who don't rank? rank? They don't deserve the respect as a normal player. It's a weird way of thinking. And then you have people that come at come at me saying, stop blaming everything on being female. Every male player has to deal with this. And completely missing the point. Right. Well, first of all, you're not a female, so you're not going to understand what we're dealing with because you get that level of respect. Someone doesn't look at you and think, oh, you know, for example, after I started working for Biggie Gaming, um, I wanted to compete, but it was difficult to compete and – you know, work an event at the same time. I tried and it failed miserably. Yeah, but it's, not, it's not easy. <clears throat> no, it's not. In fact, by the time I had time to focus and get ready before my pools, I was so tired that I just like literally walked up to my TO and said, DQ me. I'm yeah. not competing. <laughs> Having your I attention went up... pulled in multiple directions during competition is not is not the best situation. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've tried because I miss competing, but at the same time, right. it is what it is. But I remember this one tournament. I said once I was done working, I was going to go to a room and play some games, some casual matches. Mm -hmm. And somebody was asking me about stuff in the community and I was talking with them and somebody walked up to me and said, do you actually do anything? 
and I remember saying, what? And he goes, yeah, he's like, do you actually play these games or do you just walk around here and like do crap and act like you do? I'm like, and that, I'm like, yeah, actually I do play the games. Thank you. And I was like, I also help <laughs> work these events. And he's like, really? I'm like, and, and it's that automatic assumption mm. of seeing a girl and walking up to them and saying, do you actually play these games or you just run around and do shit? No, I just run around and I do random shit. I could care less. Like that's, yeah, and that's the foot you're going to start with. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's, that's your opener. That yeah, exactly. Damn. That's, that's your, that's your opener to me. You're just going to walk right up and be like, do you actually play these games? Well, screw you. I don't want to talk to you. Go away. You know, like, I don't want to associate myself with people like that. But that's the point I was trying to make. Is that there are people with like my that. tweet. You're automatically saying that we need to prove it and get top eight in a major to be considered a legit player. When there are sponsored players who are male that don't get top eight all the time and they have so much respect. Yep. And that's the problem that we're facing. And of course, you know, people got angry. They screenshotted my post. They put it on Facebook. That was fun to read. There were comments about people. And this is this is my favorite response that somebody had. Um, it was actually really funny. I was laughing about it, um, even though it's sad that people have this mentality. Women don't have it. Females don't have it worse. Worse. We obviously have it worse. You know, at least they get, you know, told that they're pretty and they get, you know, thirsted on in stream chats. Oh, <laughs> what? At least we get told we're pretty and we get thirsted on. I can guarantee you that majority of the females in the scene don't want you thirsting on them. Man, I wish I got thirsted on. <laughs> Maybe, I'm if just, my, maybe if my beard was bigger, I'd get thirsted on. I mean, clearly that's why I joined the fighting game community. So that you would say gross things about me in a chat, thirst on me, slip into my DMs. I mean, I get I get asked ridiculous things. Somebody once DM'd me on Twitter and said, are you engaged? I'm like, what? Just randomly, out of the blue. <laughs> I get I, I get asked really random shit, but that that was one of my favorite ones from somebody in the scene. Are you engaged? I'm no one's like, ever asked if I'm engaged. Yeah, no, one well, thirsts, no one thirsts on me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it must be so hard for you in the fighting game community. Man. At least we have this me. going for us as women in the scene to be called pretty <laughs> and to be thirsted on. Wow. Yeah, so that, that was a really funny one. And, I, you know, obviously I did get trolls and, you know, Responses like that, which I just like laughed. A verb about, like that. That's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of some of the responses weren't exactly, you know, grammatically no. correct. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I can, can imagine. I can imagine. All right. Yeah, anyway, no, obviously, I feel very passionate about this topic. Oh but yeah, no, clear. That's I, just, I. I knew you didn't. That's why I had you on I the show. I think it's important for people to realize that. Obviously, we're aware of the fact we're not diminishing any guy being harassed or having drama or problems in the scene. We're talking about the issues with automatically being judged because of our gender, and it right. happens all the time. Yes, there are guys that don't do it, and that's great. 
But just because you don't see it or just because you don't do it doesn't mean that other people aren't doing it to them. You know, and, and I can go on saying as well that we're apparently not allowed to dress certain ways. God forbid that we wear makeup or we look at all like a girl if we decide to wear a dress because we're feeling nice about ourselves one day or we post a selfie, suddenly we're all whores just wanting attention because we just happen to feel good that day. But if a guy posts a selfie, he's fine. He's not a whore. He just puts a picture of himself today. Um, So like there was a fine women that game hashtag that went – viral recently and there were so many people yeah. and it's you know women feel good about themselves and you know letting them know you know it was a nice thing it was cool to see that many women at least be comfortable with that at least That's and you had also the guys coming in and saying that obviously they weren't real gamers they were just doing it for the attention guys just trying to get thirsted on they just trying to get thirsted on all they want is to be thirsted on clearly clearly there's obviously sarcasm in my voice there no i'm 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 with you on that and the the assumption of skill is not there for for women uh at live events Uh, and there are a lot of really talented women and if you want more women to be in the community then help them get the same opportunities that everybody else has teach them be willing to work with them talk to them treat Mm -hmm. them like any other normal person there's a reason why a lot of the Guys that I will play online, I've known for a while, and they respect me because I'm I'm very careful about who I play and who I don't play because I don't feel like dealing with that crap. I mean, one time I got invited into a chat on PSN and by one of my friends. I decided to go into it, and they're like, oh, shit, it's a girl. Ah. And they're like, is that Sherry? I'm like, no. I'm like, it's not Sherry. Because that's and the they, one girl they could think of that plays fighting games. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's not Sherry. I was just like, I said, oh, are you guys playing Street Fighter? Do you want to play? You want to know what happened? I got kicked out as soon as I said I wasn't Sherry. I got kicked out of the group, deleted, and that person blocked me on PSN. Now, they added me. I knew who they were. It, it was the most ridiculous thing. And so I don't like, I don't add people I don't know anymore, and I don't like dealing with the the drama because it's just no point. I'd rather just play people I know. Yeah, and then I'm making I mean, a screw scene. face right now because that doesn't make much sense at all. No, it, no, it doesn't. I actually really, I, I made a Facebook status about it and I even tagged Sherry because I thought it was really, really funny. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, but anyway, yeah. All right. So is there any, I guess the way that we can wrap this up, it's just to say that there are places where women can go in the FGC, much yes. like combat Queens, uh, certain events that you're running this week that we, uh, later this week that we, that we talked about at the, at the top of the show. Uh, and they are at most, most major events. There's going to be at least some combo Queens representation. Am I correct in thinking that we're trying? Yes. Um, we are trying, we can't, all be at all of them correct yeah um but there are some events that we kind of have point of contacts that that we're working with for some of them that haven't been announced yet so we're unfortunately we can't be everywhere but we're trying to at least there's a network yeah yeah we're working on it that's as much as i can say okay. um, i could tell you what the big ones there will 
there will be events. All right. And if you're interested, if you're listening to the show right now and you are interested in that, I would highly recommend following Combo Queens on Twitter. It's just Combo Queens, right? There's no like underscore or anything. On on Twitter, it's just Combo Queens. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I assume there's links to like the Facebook group and all that stuff as well. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. I think. Any, is there anything oh. else on that topic that you would like to to kind of? No, follow I'm, up I'm on? pretty sure I made my point. Okay. <laughs> points stated. <laughs> points made. Put that one in the record books. Uh, one other thing that we like to talk about on the show, as we are nearing the end, uh, feel like it's been long enough. I feel uh, this has been a little bit longer show than normal, and that's fine. But anytime that we have guests here. Uh, that's great. Uh, I asked them. That's probably me. I like I like to say a lot. No, 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 no. It's okay. Uh, are we? Are we not? Been... We're not talking about Falk. Falk. <laughs> nah, I, I feel like we've talked about her as much as we touched upon it earlier, and I'm I will I'm say satisfied that, with here, that. Here, here, I just can tell out. you. I can tell you my opinion of Falk. Okay. What is my what, opinion your of gut, Falk? Your gut is, reaction. My gut reaction when I was watching the gameplay trailer is that she reminds me of a mixture of Rolento and uh, Billy Kane. Okay. I, I got a little, yeah. I, I also got a little bit of a poison vibe from her. Uh, specifically, yeah, I could, see, like, I could see that a little bit. And, and I looked at her V Trigger 2 and I thought about like EX whip, jump cancels, and perhaps she has mix ups, but like. It's kind of looking like maybe she doesn't. I don't know. She's interesting, but then I found out she's a she's like a Ed input character. She's just a button input character. Yeah, well, we'll have to see when she yeah, comes out. It, it I'm not 100 percent sold yet, but yeah, yeah, neither am I. Uh, a lot of people talking about her animations looking pretty stiff. Uh, initially, I thought that she kind of looked like it was like KOF animations, like the like the new KOF, but like. Apparently that's only because I watched one Twitter video and that wasn't the high 60 frames per second video or whatever. I got mm-hmm. people judging me for that. Uh, but uh, I don't know. She looks interesting. Uh, she it looks like if she spends some meter, she can get damaged. But like the follow-ups to those weren't like, it didn't look like she had much Oki. Her V trigger two looks like kind of garbage. It looks like garbage in my opinion. Specifically because it has that huge startup animation that, like, she basically has to lock you into a combo. Otherwise, if she just does it raw on the neutral, then you can get a punish on her. Uh, free on reaction. Which, that's... That's not good. Yeah, uh, I get it. <laughs> and her V-Trigger 1 is only two two bars, so it's like, it makes more sense to go for... At least in my opinion, from what it looks like early on, is that her V-Trigger 1 is probably going to be the one that you're only going to see... Um, <laughs> just because of the utility from it, powering up her her shots, which are interesting to me. I thought that she had like a uh, like a coward crouch, command crouch, but no, it's just like one of her projectiles. She just lays low and takes that shot, which is interesting. Uh, but all right, we, we don't have to talk about Falk too much. I think we touched upon her early on the show, and there's there's not a lot you can say. Like I said, yeah, that was just, that was my first. That was my only yeah, opinion right now that I could really mention. Anyway, yeah, at the time of so. this recording, there's just not a whole lot of information. And personally, I'm not one to speculate. Um, I don't like to count my chickens before they've hatched. Uh, so she looks at this point, she looks okay. But also, I have no reason to to like her. I guess. That's the other part of it. Hopefully, like, the story part is good, and there's, like, some good art attached to that, but we'll see. 
Which then brings us to the final segment of the show. We can yes. ease on into it. This is one of my favorite questions to ask people who are on the show. Uh, and it comes in two parts. Uh, the first part of the question, what is your favorite normal attack in any game? And then also, in addition to that, what is your favorite combo in any game? This could be any fighting game at all. Any game you wish. Like, for example, <laughs> my favorite normal uh, happens to be uh, Zangief's Standing Hard Punch in Street Fighter 4. Uh, specifically for the fact that it's just, it's so beefy and you should almost never hit someone with it. But when you do and you hit him with counter hit and you get that juggle into EX Green Hand, which is like nearly impossible... It just, mm-hmm. It's such a slap in the face, and they deserve it because they got hit with such a beefy normal. I love it. Um, Did you have a, an answer prepared for this? I, am I putting you on the spot? I'm going to put the pressure on. Because uh, there's a lot of good answers. Okay, so I'm going to have to go with... A normal move from T Hawk and Street Fighter Four. That's fair. Cause I love T Hawk. Um, his jabs are just so good. So I'm gonna have to mm-hmm. say, oh my god, see, I'd be cool with any of his punches at this point, but I'd have to say maybe. Uh, I thought you were gonna say like Stand Fierce. I like his Stand Fierce. Or I was I was actually hoping well, that you would stand, say his stand fierce <laughs> is good too, but crouching can be good as well, depending on what you're going for. Yeah, that's true. I was actually hoping you would say crouching medium punch so that we could talk about uh I was thinking I was thinking about it. I was just sitting here and I was like, Alright, it's between crouching medium punch and this other I was I was literally just debating that. So. I was hoping you would say crouching medium punch specifically because uh, his crouching medium punch in Street Fighter two had like an errant hurt box that's like all the way across the screen. Like oh, it was ridiculous. Not even attached to his body whatsoever. So you just like throw <laughs> no, a normal into No, it just literally him. detaches straight from his body. And <laughs> yeah, just it's, it's like out in the ether. The <laughs> yeah, out in nowhere. <laughs> it for, does. For whatever reason. Uh, but they, but they so tighten that up. <laughs> they tighten that up in, in Street Fighter 4. <laughs> they did, but I... his. His jabs are just really good. I'd, I'd say any of them. I like jabbing people. Yeah, his, I like his stun jab. Comes out of like the that little little serves in it up. He puts out the yeah. So I, I guess normal moves. I'm just gonna go with with his jabs in general. Smart, Speci- specifically for Tiok being being. How do you feel about like down down forward jab? The um, what the fuck is that move called? Uh, Tomahawks. The one, the anti-air one. Ah, fuck, what is that called? Anyway, uh, all of his jabs are good, so I'm I'm the with Tomahawk you. The Buster, is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Uh, <laughs> no, just the, it's, yeah. It's the one where he kind of, like, takes his, his, his chest and he kind of just, like, whacks it into you and flies in the air with his arms behind him. And it's, it's, no, no, trying no, to no, disturb your visual, or which one are you thinking no, of? No, no, the, the grounded one, the down forward, it's like, I think he takes... It, it, it kind of looks like Zangief's stand jab in Street Fighter 4. It has like a hitbox like right over his head. And it comes like straight down. Anyway. Uh, regard, I, I should probably thrust peak? Yes, thrust peak. That's it. 
Okay. That's it. I couldn't remember. I was misunderstanding. I was misunderstanding. But yeah, thrust peak, it's, it's like a down forward uh, light punch motion. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that angle little thing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so that's a good. He, his See, I know good. some stuff about fighting games, and I'm a female. What? It's uh, crazy. More than I did offhand. How dare I know anything about the moves of a character in Street Fighter? So, that's in funny. addition to that, favorite yes. combo. Let's lead into that. Any game. Oh, it's gonna be with T Hawk. <laughs> I've I spent many. It's fine. It's fine many, to show your bias. Many, and he doesn't have many combos in general, but I he spent doesn't. many many nights. And days with my boy T Hawk. Um, let's see. So, pretty much, when I decided I want to main T Hawk, I remember I was watching uh, Evo, and I don't know if you've heard of Koji Cog, but yep. him and Native Impact have some of the best. They're like the best T Hawks out yeah, there. Yeah, they were the T Hawks um, to watch. And I and I really like I really looked at them and I watched them playing all the time and I saw Koji God just doing this crazy ass shit with Evo one year and I wanted to learn it so I'm like I had Evo up on one screen on like one screen and Street Fighter on the other and I just started trying to learn it so eventually and for whatever reason I had difficulty doing body splash I never quite one hundred percent. Now, I don't know why, but that down. Straight down? Mo- yeah, the straight down motion, the type of stick I had, it was my older stick, and it was a eight octagate. Hmm. And so I kept slipping into another Oh, like, that's odd. I, I actually switched to an <laughs> octogate so I could have discrete inputs from, from like a square gate. I used to be square really? gate. Really? I, I feel square gate. I and and Square Kid, I was fine even with the three sixties as well. Yeah. I have no problem with three sixties. I'm always at three sixties. I'll three sixty you all day. Um, but for whatever reason, trying to get that straight down motion, I just seem to struggle huh. with that a lot, even yeah. even now. But I do better with it with a square gate for yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever reason. whatever input is your is most comfortable to you is is the Ex- best type exactly. Of input. So what I started to once I felt I had somewhat of a body splash down, I had practiced doing counter spirals so many times, mm-hmm. and I started practicing counter spirals into his throws, command throws, regular throws, his ultra over and over again because I had seen Koji Hagen Native Impact doing this crazy stuff with it, and I was like, all right, this is what I need to teach myself how to do. Mm-hmm. So eventually. I taught myself how to do like this crazy like body splash into condor spiral into ultra and put all this pressure on and so that that's probably one of my favorite ones. I like putting pressure on people. Yeah, with you like a T-Hawk block string. Yeah, block string into like a, a whiffed condor spire, light punch condor spire, and then are they? Yeah, are they changed it to kicks in the last version? Didn't they? Then I'm thinking about it. Uh, I've I've forgotten so much about Street Fighter 4 it like hurts my body (laughs) like all the information that I've had to like remove from like characters that I didn't mean Uh, but yeah no those those tick those setups were awesome and they actually made his Condor Spire like useful I remember a lot of Teox combos were like super meter intensive Uh, you could blow meter with T-Hawk in like an instant Um, oh and his and his and his 
<laughs> his throws do so much damage that especially his ultra that it would just make everybody so salty when I would ult them and they'd be like why is it doing that much damage I was like oh you know does over he's, half your health bar beast. sorry yeah. he's a beast you just can't beat him yep. <laughs> he's too good nah and I actually I didn't like that matchup I was always under the opinion that like I thought that Geef was the best grappler in that game but I also thought that he lost to all the other grapplers in that game even Hakan, unfortunately. Oh, Hakan. I fucking love Hakan. I'm a Hakan apologist. Bring Hakan back. Put Hakan in Street Fighter Five. Put Hakan in Street Fighter Five. When podcast. I was trying, to, I when I was trying to think of who I was gonna main, mm. you know, especially on a competitive level, there was a period of time where I considered Hakan just because I wanted to make offhanded remarks about oiling myself up. Oh, yeah. No, you got to get oiled. <laughs> you got to oil up. I got. I go to tournaments oiled up. I don't have wrestler hair for no reason. Best believe. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, enough fun. That's a show, folks. Uh, coming to the end of it. Uh, reminder again, folks, we've been talking with Emily, a.k.a. Jamelian. Uh, this is AKA- probably the longest podcast you've had to do because uh, I've talked so much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think the the other one that, that was just about as long was, I think you got this one beat by like 15 minutes. So congratulations, uh, well, you're setting ho- records. Woo. <laughs> well, hopefully people will tune in and listen to everything because I was really trying to hit home on a lot of points. Yeah, no, I tried to tease it a little bit in, in the last episode because I wanted to talk about women in gaming. But uh, again, reminder, folks, uh, you can find Emily uh, at Biggie Gaming or work in the Fall Classic or NEC. Uh, you could catch her with Combo Queens or you can find her on her YouTube channel which I'll also link as well is that pretty active are you streaming on Twitch um I'm on a small hiatus right now but I will be back soon on both platforms I am however active on Twitter Mm -hmm. very active on Twitter they can follow me on there as well yep and we'll link that all in the show notes so Anything else you'd like to add before before signing off? No, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. I, I appreciate it, and I enjoyed talking about the various topics in the FTC, important ones that you know need to be addressed, and hopefully in the future everything works out great. Oh, yeah, and hopefully they give me T-Hawk in Street Fighter Absolutely. 5. <laughs> Oh, yeah. More grapplers in Street Fighter V, please. It's what we need. I'm with you on that. I'm a grappler <laughs> apologist. I am, I'm in the pocket of big grappler. I Let's bring Hugo in here. Let's get... Uh, uh, can you imagine Hugo vs. Abigail? I mean, he's not quite as big as Abigail. He's, he edges him out by a couple... No, uh, Hugo is not two Kens crazy. tall. They have those, like... <laughs> Like, they like didn't want to put that, Hugo though. back in, so they created Abigail. Like, that's what I feel would happen. Uh, maybe. He is very, he's pretty similar. But I want to meet Squasher people. and I want. But if Meet Squash was in the game, do you think he would have restand combos? Probably not. He probably wouldn't have uh, restand combos. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but that would be super fun, though. Ah. Nah, they'd fuck him up. <laughs> or make his walking animation be extra loud. Like it was in the, do you remember like the, the beta test for, or like the test before he became a character, like, uh, in any, any place that he showed up, uh, 
they would just the walking animation was just so loud it was like overbearing on the stream and they the commentators couldn't talk over it it was so loud uh capcom you you mess up in the most funny ways i, I appreciate you guys thank you for for being true be, be true to yourself capcom i've always wanted them to put make hugo have a move where he throws a potato at you Okay. I'm not sure who will get that reference, but I always thought it would be really funny if they That's made the a V move. skill. <laughs> yes, put Hugo in the game and make his V skill throwing a potato at you as he yells, Mama, I'm a potato. And I will play that all day. And with that, folks, we are signing off. That's a podcast. Again, I'm John. my name's Joe Monday. You can find me at Super Joe Monday on Twitter or at RedSF, uh, which is the official uh, Twitter account for uh, our Street Fighter. Or you can just find me on our Street Fighter. I'm there all the time. So post your, post your memes there and I'll dunk on your memes. No questions asked. All right. That's podcast, folks. But until next time, we're going to be here every Thursday. I think I'm going to post this on Thursday. It's always good to talk about, you know, when things are going to happen on the actual podcast not talk about that after but i think this will go up on thursday uh if not um i'm sorry uh regardless that's the show folks take care until next time peace bye